everyone. Welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible study author, adventure junkie, and founder of Voice of the Voiceless, empowering women in Africa. Join me here every week for inspiring conversations on discovering miracles in life's messy moments. Here's this week's episode. Well, welcome back to the Make Life Matter podcast. I am so excited to have as my special guest today, Harmony Klangenmeyer. And she is the first person, you guys, that I have had on either season one or two who is really leading the cause of fostering. And she has such a passion. And I just cannot wait to talk with her. She is a powerful, prophetic, and purposeful leader. Harmony is an on-fire revivalist who is contending for a generation. She is a wife to Scott and the mother of three adopted boys and 17 children out of foster care in the state of Oregon. She holds her master's in education, and she has spent almost a decade teaching in elementary and middle schools. Harmony is passionate about seeing the Z and Alpha generations healed and restored. She is well known in her community as a passionate and sound preacher of scripture and as an advocate for the orphan in both the church and the community. Harmony is the author of a compelling book called Hear Their Voices, a portrait of an American foster family. In it, she describes the process of how she and her husband, Scott, became foster and adoptive parents and the call that every believer has to minister to the orphan. She does so with humor, candor, and compassion while presenting the huge societal need for parents to arise on behalf of this generation. She ministers locally, regionally, and on national platforms, building leaders and bringing healing. Harmony is a regular article contributor at at christianparenting.org. So she is a busy and fulfilled woman. Harmony, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. Angela, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure and a delight to get to see you, meet you face to face. This is wonderful. Absolutely. We met kind of through a mutual friend. So this is our first time talking, but just in our pre-show chatting before we started recording today is that you talked about the fact that you are currently in the middle of a revival where you are in Oregon. You are serving as a children's pastor out there. I would love to just hear what God is doing right now in this season through your life. Yes, I'm the director of children's ministry at Garden Valley Church in Roseburg, Oregon, and God is on the move in Roseburg. It's been incredible to watch our altars be filled uh, with the pre-saved, getting saved, getting Mm -hmm. filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, Many, many baptisms, water baptisms and baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire, healing, physical healings, emotional healings, mental health healings, Mm. gender confusion is being broken in our church building and also in our families, in our homes. There's bringing clarity, identity. The orphan spirit is being uh, trounced. I like to say Mm, we're crushing the back of the orphan spirit by releasing identity, sonship, and daughtership in our homes and in our spiritual home, which is Garden Valley Church. But there's a regional movement happening too. It's incredible what God is doing in Oregon and in the Pacific Northwest right now. It's an exciting time to live here. And I just think of little old me, here I am in the middle of it, um, uh, just the baby girl of God. And I get the privilege of being a part of what God is doing in the Z and Alpha generations and also in my 
own generation and my parents' generation. It's multi-generational and it's incredible. Wow. And I love hearing that Harmony. I live out here on the East Coast. We passed her outside of Washington, D.C. So we're living in two different kind of worlds in some ways, but you know, we hear a lot of the strain that COVID has caused and some of the, um, you know, real restrictions that we're all facing, but especially in parts of Oregon and California that have been especially under duress. And so what you're sharing with us is, listen, God is not chained. Like Paul said, the gospel is not changed. So you're seeing revival even in the middle and coming out of this pandemic season. Yes, and there's been such a divine hand of protection and covering as the church, um, specific churches, have chosen to uh, obey God rather than man, to keep their doors open with with precautions, with options uh, for social distance, distancing, with respect to people's personal convictions and wishes to mm. wear a mask or to not wear a mask, but to keep our doors open and to allow allow a space where it's become um, multi-denominational. People are flooding in from mm-hmm. other churches that have remained closed and, and churches that are suffering under duress. Um, they're coming in to our church building, even leaders coming into our church building to be filled, to be blessed, uh, to be parented um, mm-hmm. in denominations where there is no real spiritual parenthood, but they're learning what it means to sit under a spiritual father and a spiritual mother. It's so beautiful what God is doing in this season. And it's not, it's not about a building, but Garden Valley Church has become a bastion in, mm-hmm. in a community where the church has dwindled. Garden Valley is arising and saying, no, it's really the church of Roseburg, just like when Paul spoke to the church of Ephesus and mm-hmm. um, when when the book of Revelation, Jesus spoke, spoke to the seven churches of, of Asia Minor. He spoke to communities and God is doing work in the community and, and we just happened to be um, the prow of the ship, so mm. to speak. And, and as, a, as a part of the leadership team of Garden Valley, I'm so proud. I'm so mm. proud of, of the God I serve, like a daughter who watches a father um, fly, a daughter who watches a father soar. I get such joy out of seeing God do the impossible. And then to watch my, my, my spiritual family soar. And then to watch the, the least of these be mm. rescued. It's, 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 there's so much depth and breadth and width to what God is doing. And, and my little piece of it, which I would say is not, not really little, it's, it's more like the foundation of everything God is, is to minister to children. Hmm. And, and and there was actually a powerful prophetic word released over Garden Valley Church that a revival would be birthed out of Kid Valley. That's the name of our children's oh, wow, ministry. Oh, I love it. And so we have been contending. Uh, our theme song in this time is from the Upper Room, the group Upper Room. I'm sure you've heard yeah, of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the, 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 the song is Rest on Us. Mm. Um, Holy Spirit, um, come rest on us. You're all we want. And we've been pressing in and teaching the children the postures of worship. Mm. Because what can't, comes naturally to my parents' generation and my generation 
is not necessarily what's being taught at home. Mm. And so we're, we're rewriting the story for this generation, teaching them how to raise their hands, teaching them how to pray with boldness, both in the supernatural languages of heaven and also in our own English language, how to, how to declare and decree a thing, to how to prophesy over themselves, their families and their generation. Mm. And, and because we're, we're, you know, we're just pressing, we're pressing, uh, running after his presence. God is, is so willing to show up. Yeah. And he, he does. Children are being healed and, and set free of anxiety and depression and gender confusion. Children are being healed physically. Their, their spiritual gifts are being unlocked and children are coming into the kingdom of God for the first time. Hmm. It's incredible. Really that scripture being fulfilled, right? Joel says in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. So it's, it's irrespective of, of gender, of race, of age. God is just looking for people that are hungry for him. And you are answering the call. That is so exciting to hear how God is using you. I have to ask a couple of quick questions are coming to my mind. First of all, I was a music major. Your name is Harmony. So are you also involved in music or was that just a name your parents loved? I am a choir director, actually. Okay, there we go. Yes, I teach. I've taught music in the public schools for the last 10 years. Okay. My, I, I actually studied opera in Germany. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a singer. Uh, and so we, as a, as a minister of the gospel, I do, uh, do sing. We play and worship together. Mm. Um, Although my main calling is not to lead worship on a Sunday morning, but it is to um, facilitate an encounter Mm. for a generation, which includes worship, uh, singing, it includes dance, it includes prayer, it includes the postures of worship, kneeling and prostrating oneself, Uh, it includes prophecy, it includes reading, loving, devouring the scripture, Uh, Mm. so it's really about an encounter with God, and I do use the skill set that I have as a musician to do that, Um, and and in the schools, uh, I've had an open door Mm. into this generation, uh, through my gifts, through my skill set, so that has been, it's been incredible, Incredible how God has used that. Although in this season, there's definitely been a shift in my focus mm-hmm. o- away from teaching choir or teaching music and into mothering a generation. And I'm doing that in the public schools, in the church building, and also in my home mm-hmm. as a foster and adoptive mom. Wow. You remind me of Priscilla. I wrote about her in my Bible study, Fearless, and she's a mother of the New Testament church. And she literally just used every piece of real estate that she had and, and it was integrated. It wasn't compartmentalized, whether she was in the marketplace or she was working with Paul or Apollos, it was all ministry to her. And it's so evident that that is the case in your life. So the other question I had quickly, and then I want to move into kind of the work that you're doing with foster children as well. So my son is 21 and he was in the podcast last year as a Gen Z leader. So I help me understand you're the first time I'm hearing alpha generation. So that must be the next generation younger than Gen Z. So where does Gen Z stop and where does alpha start? So the uh, Gen Z is through 2015. Okay. So if you're doing dealing with any child five years old and under, you're dealing with generation alpha. Okay. It's the I- first generation that was born 
in the new century. Got it. Which is why they're calling it alpha, kind of the new. Okay. So what are you seeing right now, Harmony, as, as the, 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 the primary challenges that children are facing, especially coming out of such of a, a difficult year, like we have for this pandemic. I know out here with pastoring, we have marriages that are strained. We have moms that are at breaking points trying to work and, and that, you know, children are online in schools and the stress and pressure of children trying to learn, not all of them as effectively online. So I imagine we're, we're seeing some of the same things, but you're really working more with hands-on with the children, not, not only in public school, but also then in the church and in the foster care system. So are you seeing the same kind of challenges in all of those settings? I'd love to, for you to speak to that from your expertise in this, in this arena. Absolutely. So the main three uh, challenges that this these two generations face in this season, and, and they, they faced it actually before COVID, but what has happened is COVID was like a magnifying glass so that we could truly see our, uh, the scales were removed from the church's eyes, the church that was in some ways sleeping and slumbering to the needs of the orphan has been shaken awake. And I always, I always see this prophetically as the picture of Samson sleeping in the lap of Delilah. He awakes and shakes himself and realizes that the power Power of God has left him, but we we are awakening, and we there's a se- been a season of repentance, and the power of God is increasing because we're not under the old covenant; we're under the blood of Jesus Christ, and the mercy of God is so present in this season as we reach out to Him. So COVID shook us and and gave us a magnifying glass to the needs of this generation, and what they are is uh, the, it's it's a second ha- heaven strategy. And it is as follows, the spirit of the orphan, the spirit of trauma, and the spirit of confusion. Mm-hmm. And these, these three areas, they are a, a trifecta, a demonic trifecta that is currently um, uh, working its, its, its will yeah. in, in the Z and Alpha generations. It always starts with the spirit of the orphan. It always begins with fatherlessness because it Mm. always goes back to the Garden of Eden. God's original intention and what was broken by the choices of man. And so that and that is God's strategy. God's strategy is to restore the family. God didn't create the church in the Garden of Eden. God created the family to reflect the Trinity. That's good. And the job of the church is to do the work of restoring God's original intention to have the family reflect the Trinity. That is God's intention. And we must be about that business. So what is God doing? He's saying, church, rise up and confront the spirit of the orphan. Because when you do, when you begin to uh, declare identity, destiny, purpose, belonging, um, boundaries, safety, compassion, forgiveness, all the things that are supposed to be passed down through the generational lines, when we begin to address the orphan spirit, and it's not even like, it is true, there are times when when we have to... um, rebuke the orphan spirit but it's more about what we say 
over the generation than it is what we say to the spirit of the orphan. That's, 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 that's the, yeah, that's the power of the prophetic, right? We, we, the enemy will flee from the uttered voice of the living God, Mm. right? Like it isn't that we need to always be talking to darkness. What we need to be doing is revealing the nature of the father. And that's what Jesus did. He revealed the father. So, so we do that by releasing identity. So that's the first step. And, And what does that mean in my, my, uh, work in my, my role as a mother in the generation, it means I don't just parent the children I give birth to, but I am strategically looking, where is the orphan spirit in operation and declaring, pulling out the sword and wielding it in the spirit according to the will of the father, right? So that's the word the spirit and the father, that's the Trinity, right? This is all about allowing the Trinity to be manifested in the earth. Once that happens, the spirit of confusion and the spirit of trauma immediately begin to manifest. Mm. You can see, okay, this child has, they don't know who they are because they were physically abused or they were sexually abused or they were uh they have FAS which is fetal alcohol syndrome they were exposed to chemicals drugs alcohol in the womb and they come out impacted by the the brokenness of their parents okay so we see that identity is marred here and you begin to see the connection right and then you begin to address those other things trauma begins to break as identity is released. Hmm. And, you know, there's just so many testimonies. Would you like to hear a testimony of one of my testimony? Absolutely. (laughs) So my, my son, he's adopted now and we'll just, we'll just, uh, I'll, it's his story. So I tell it in an anonymous way. Uh, My son who is adopted now, he's a Klingenmeyer. He came to us with a different name. He came to us at six years old. He had already tried to commit suicide at six years old. He, he would, um, he would overturn tables. He, he was very cruel to animals. He started a fire in our home. There was, there was all these manifestations of the inner issues of orphanhood, trauma, and confusion. Hmm. And, and so what did we do? The first thing we did was we created safety, right? We create those boundaries and we begin to open our mouths and speak. When he would say, I'm trash, I would say, no, you're a treasure. You're, you're the image bearer of the living God. And I would pull up my Bible and read Psalm 139 to him. You know, you were fashioned and formed in your mother's womb. Where can you go from the presence of the Lord? Even if you descended into Hades, you couldn't separate yourself from his love. He's counted the hairs upon your head. And he would be like, oh, okay, okay. And so over time, all right, that might be true. They treat me like it's true. Mm. They speak to me like it's true. They're not perfect. They get angry. But the. They love me. Even when they're mad, they still love me. They say things like, I'm really hurt by your behavior and I need a break, but I want you to know I love you and I don't reject you. Hmm. Right? So there's this process the kids walk through as you release sonship and the behaviors, they get better 
-hmm. they begin to improve. Well, then the child in some instances, in this specific instance with our son, we say to him, we're going to adopt you. Boom. All the behaviors come back. Why? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Why? Because, well, first of all, there's a demonic strategy. The enemy does not want us to adopt this child, Mm. right? So he's going to do everything in his power. He's going to take every single open door in the emotions of the child to wreak havoc in the home of the family who is willing to adopt. Mm. And uh, many thousands of adoptions break up just like that. Wow. Because the parents don't have the discernment to say, oh, this isn't you. Again, we don't identify with our sin. We identify with the image we carry. Mm, That's good. Right? It's about sonship. But parents, we ourselves struggle with this. So we have to be strong. And there were many days. There were days when I'd say to Scott, no, he's staying. And there were days that Scott would say to me, no, he's staying. And this is why. And we would encourage each other in private, you know, because it's hard. It's hard. And it's so worth it because this child now is adopted. He, 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 his behaviors were so extreme. He couldn't be in a regular classroom. He couldn't even be in a special needs classroom. He had to be homeschooled for a time. And then he began to, we began to give him a little bit of time in the regular ed classroom and he began to grow. He's a powerful young man who knows who he is. Wow. And now he is instrumental in ministering to other children who come into our home. Mm. And you've had a heart for fostering. And we were even discussing before we were recording that we've, we've seen a very sad, sharp increase of the need for foster parenting because of COVID. Um, I have my speculations of why that has been on the rise, but I would love for you to speak to that and how we can be more part of answering the call for the orphan in our generation. First and foremost, I would say the call to minister to the orphan is a command not a suggestion. Mm -hmm. And, and as daughters and sons of the most high God, we must see ourselves as obedient children called to do hard things, whether it's, whether it's not lie, whether it's not covet, whether it's not committed murder or adultery, or whether it's to take in an orphan, the same grace is present to enable us to obey. So the most important thing is for us to get into personal revival, to get into the presence of the living God and to hear what he says about us. Because when we do, that enables us to walk out the will and purposes of God. Start not with the works, but with the presence. Start in his presence and then you will find grace to obey. Second of all, look for a foster family to serve. Hmm. Provide Donations of clothes, beds, mattresses, provide respite care, provide a a babysitter, provide date night for a family who's already serving the orphan and get some experience working with a child with special needs. Volunteer in children's ministry is my third um, recommendation. Children's ministry is not a second place calling. Amen. It's the first, actually. (laughs) And so those three things are a great place to start. 
personal revival, serve a foster family, and volunteer in children's ministry. Mm -hmm. And you'll grow in your love, compassion, and connection to the generation. And then reach out to your your local foster care program, and they can help you Mm -hmm. become a part of the solution. Thank you so much, Harmony. Goodness, I could talk to you all day. And, And your children out there, your birth children, your adopted children, your foster children, your children at school, your children at church, they are so blessed to have you as both a a tangible and a spiritual mother. And I just know how I feel sitting under your exhortation for the last half hour. I can't imagine what it is like to be raised by you and to have you speaking and depositing into their life. I'm actually getting emotional because I feel like we just need more women and men who will speak up for this next generation and will stand in the gap. And so I'm not even sure why I'm just feeling so emotional, except that it is such a need. And we have two grown, you know, young adult children now, but we've always had kids in and out of our home. We've never been a foster parent. It's always been a desire of mine, but with our schedules and full-time ministry, it just wasn't something we felt like we would, we would, be able to do. It's been a conflict in me, a personal conflict, but we have always had people in our home. We've had people on vacations with us. We've, we've loved people who've gone on to make terrible decisions that have broken our hearts, but it doesn't mean that you don't love and that you don't invest and that it's not worth something and it's not worth your time, your energy. And like you said, the personal revival and the way you phrase it, I'll go back and listen to that. But the grace that we need is given to us to, to answer, not just the call. I love the way you clarified that the command that we have to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And we have a command to love the widows and the orphans. Part of the work I've done in Africa with voice of the voiceless is to, uh, we were a part of building a home for widowed pastors, wives and their children, orphans in Malawi. And I was able to be there for the ribbon cutting. And I know that's across thousands and thousands of miles. And we're talking about the need right here in America, but the need is local. The need is international. And, and the solutions are exactly the same. What you were just saying, personal revival and being involved, be a part of the solution. So I just want to thank you. I know people will want to get your book. How can they find you and can connect with you harmony and be a part of what you're doing? Yes, there's a couple of ways. First of all, the book that I wrote, Hear Their Voices, A Portrait of an American Foster Family, can be found on Amazon. Or if you'd like a signed copy, there's two ways that you can reach out to me. You can um, go on my website, which is called heartheirvoices.net, and you can uh, purchase a book right on my website or through Facebook. I have my author page on Facebook, and I love to pray with people. I love to support people who are looking into foster care, who have questions about foster care, who'd like to purchase a book. You can actually do so right on Facebook through Messenger Pay. So there's lots of ways to reach out to me and if if you are in a place where you're you're really in need of hearing God's voice please reach out to me I would love to prophesy into your life release uh, the word of the Lord over your family um that's just it's a strong gift in me it's part of the call of God on my life is to prophesy so please reach out if you need encouragement if you're interested in more information about foster care um, I'd love to partner with you Thank you so much. And and spell your website for us to make sure they know how to find you. Here is spelled H-E-A-R, their, T-H-E-I-R, voices, V-O-I-C-E-S, dot net. 
and so eating. Got it. And I, I love to ask one last question as we close, even though I could talk to you for hours. I, I love to hear this about my guests because it just gives me a little bit more insight into who they are. And honestly, sometimes I can kind of guess and I literally have no idea who I think you're going to say. So I'm really curious to hear. So when we get to heaven, other than Jesus, who we all want to meet and his line will be very long, um, but we have all eternity to talk to him, you know, in the Bible, what person in the Bible do you want to most meet? And is there something you would like to ask them? Barnabas. So my, I have two people, two, two persons who are like my people in the Bible. And one of them is Barnabas. Um, his heart to uh, walk others into the call of God upon their lives. Mm. You know, if it wasn't for Barnabas, we wouldn't have the New Testament. Mm, if it wasn't for Barnabas, Saul would have stayed Saul. Mm. He would have stayed in Tarsus building those tents. Mm. But Barnabas showed up, pulled Saul out of a hiatus of, of, of building tents and back into public ministry. Mm. And, and so I, I just love his heart and he did it all without a title. I love his servant spirit, his sonship, how he was named by the apostles, how he was a favorite son of church leadership. It's just, he's, he, he and I, we have a lot in common. So I have great respect for him and I'd love to have a conversation with him about, and also about that conversation over Mark. I'd love to hear how, (laughs) if it, if it was ever resolved, if he and Paul ever got to have resolution in their disagreement. That's a beautiful, that's a, oh, first of all, that's a powerful um, person that you chose. He's such an encourager. And I can see that same encouraging spirit. I, I, you know, and that is an interesting thing because he's one of the only people who really corrected Paul to say, listen, you, you need to make this right with John Mark. And then at the end of Paul's life, remember he says, bring me John Mark. He was useful in ministry to me. So yeah, a paradigm shift that happened a number of times in Paul's life. And Barnabas was such a, a key part of that. And an encourager, when I meet encouragers or my husband and I in ministry, we do say, you're like a Barnabas. There's people that will text my husband every Saturday night or every Sunday morning and give him a word of encouragement. And for those of you listening, you have no idea how much that can matter, how much we need encouragement in this season. So many people yes. are discouraged. They're feeling hopeless or they're feeling like no one is hearing them and you're not just a voice for the next generation, but you really are speaking life into so many. So thank you, Harmony. Thank you you for your time, not here on the, not only on the podcast, but just your voice in our generation. And I think Priscilla is going to want to get in your line and talk to you about the way that you followed in her footsteps because she is a wonder woman of the new Testament and And I'm just so grateful that our paths have crossed and I hope they stay crossed. I would love to see how God would have us collaborate in the future. And if I get out to Oregon, I would love to meet you. If you get out to the East Coast in D.C., come visit us and uh, make sure, guys, that you visit her website. Uh, Tell me one more time. I don't want to say it wrong. Heartheirvoices.net. Heartheirvoices.net, which is also the name of your book. And uh, I'll put in my show notes, your website, your Facebook, so that they can find you there. And and thank you for your willingness to even reach out and kind of coach them through this process if fostering is new to them. And uh, thank you for mothering this next generation. I would love for you to just pray over us as we close, especially anyone who are feeling some of the bruised places that we talked about today. Yes, Lord, we love you. 
We love you. We just take a moment just in your presence, God. You're so good. You're so good. And I just meditate. I meditate upon your goodness, God, because that's really, that's really the place, God, where everything, everything we need, everything this world needs, every hunger, every desire is satisfied. It's in your presence, God. And so, Lord, teach us. Teach us how to steward your presence. Teach us how to love your presence. Teach us how to be in your presence every moment of every day. God, make us like those who, those fathers and mothers who would just practice your presence, God. Father, I I pray for this generation. I, I lift up before you and lay down before your throne the Z and the Alpha generations in Jesus' name. I bring you in remembrance of these generations, oh God. And I I declare over these generations that they belong to you. I declare over these generations that they will be the generation that sees the billion soul harvest in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare a breaking of bondage, Father God. I declare a, a rewriting of generational lines in Jesus' name. Father God, I declare a breaking of the back of the orphan spirit in the name of Jesus. And I declare sonship in Jesus name. I release sonship over this generation. Oh God. And I release the convicting power of the Holy spirit over mothers and fathers right now. And I, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to arise, arise, Deborah's arise, 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 arise in this generation, arise fathers, arise David's in this generation, arise Samuel's in this generation, arise, arise in Jesus name and partner and parent this generation oh god oh god oh god i pray that your spirit would fall upon this generation i pray for great repentance oh god and i pray for revival and i pray for reformation oh god that we would throw away the 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 concepts and and the religious practice and the doctrines of men oh god and that we would we would press in for a fresh revelation of who we are and who you are oh god and that we would pour it out without measure oh god upon the next generation in jesus name and i say like Isaiah, use me, oh God, send me, oh God, send me, oh God, set me on fire again for this generation, Lord Jesus, and let the fire burn pure, Father God, for this generation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining our conversation. Season two is sponsored in part by Worley Dahlberg Yao PLLC. You can learn more about this award-winning law firm at lawfirmvirginia.com. I'd love to stay connected, so be sure to visit AngelaDonatio.com for books, free goodies, and opportunities to feature your ministry or business as a sponsor. Find me on Facebook at AngelaDonatioVOV and Instagram at AngelaDonatio, where we do podcast giveaways each month. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, let's make life matter.